Hey, this is Colby with the Learn By Doing podcast. In today's conversation, I have the privilege of sitting down with John Houston of John Houston Custom Homes. John is also an owner of several other businesses in the area that they all serve the purpose of reaching people for Christ and giving to the kingdom. John and I talk about a massive transition that just took place in one of the companies and how he was able to actually even make this transition because his identity wasn't in anything other than Christ. We also talk about giving, stewardship, and some other topics related to business. We truly hope that you enjoy this podcast and get something out of it. Let's dive in. Are you feeling pretty good since you got back? Yeah, I do feel good. Yeah? How would, uh, how has things just been going with business and stuff like that since y'all just got back and big transition and all that kind of stuff? Man, it's been really good, actually. I mean, um, uh, it's pretty cool, actually, to be able to be gone for 12 days and your leaders just keep everything rolling and you come back and you're like, Hey, what's going on? And they're like, everything's going good. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. love, I love that. You know, we, I don't know if you knew that we had a big transition with Trinity Oaks too. No. I uh, mean, I remember you talking yeah, to me so about that. The day we announced the ESOP. Yeah. Um, we also, that same week is when we uh, were transitioning TJ out. Uh, so he went out on his own, which we, is a blessing from the Lord. Uh, yeah. It's good for him. We know yeah. that's what God had called him to do. Yeah. So Michael Coons is wow. running Trinity Oaks now. And so we took a different, God had kind of given me a vision for a different strategy. Yeah. So we've already implemented that and, yeah. and they're killing it. Dude, so I love that, exciting. man. Yep. So when you say E, is it ESOP or ESOP? ESOP. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what? It, so most people wouldn't really under. I mean, they don't know what that is, and you know, can you just give a little context for that and what yeah, that so means? So an ESOP is an employee stock ownership plan. So basically, what happened was uh, we felt like God was telling us that it was time for us to expand uh, the stewardship responsibility to our staff. Wow. Um, so basically, we sold. John Houston Custom Homes and Keystone to him to the employees, who are now 100% owners. Dude, that's dude, uh, that's so big. And um, but it's it, it, yeah, it's really huge. But it, the whole vision and heart behind it is is that, you know, the process God took us through with Better Before Bigger was preparing them for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it also does is it sets it up for an opportunity for them to learn personal stewardship as well yeah. so now when we're giving to the kingdom yeah it's actually costing them something wow um and um uh so the, well i also think it multiplies the giving too you huge. know so you think about it instead of it just being you guys that are mainly responsible as the owners for giving or for you know the company's growth you now have multiplied that a hundredfold Oh yeah, like that. Well, uh, and the other thing that's awesome about an ESOP is you don't pay any more federal income tax. Holy smokes, man! Yeah. So there's no, <laughs> you know, the uh, so JHCH won't pay any more income tax forever. Oh. So now we don't really. It, it it's not as big of a deal or a big of an impact what president is in office or what the tax rates are, uh, because we no longer are affected by that. Man, that's huge. It's gigantic. Because you can go anywhere in the yeah. United States now without the tax laws really. I mean, you might, is it, a state, is it still affected by state tax and stuff like that? Uh, no, you don't pay taxes. 
you know, so the Gosh. beautiful part about it is, is let's say under Obama, yeah, you know, we were paying an average of 42% tax uh, for every $1 we were paying 42 cents. Golly, uh, we don't have to do that anymore. So we have those additional resources to actually grow the company. Man, that's so, so massive. Yeah. Dude. But how it really, what really gets us excited though is what it does for the kingdom. Yeah. Is that, you know, these employees, as they in 10 years, when they can actually start, you know, benefiting from it, uh-huh. uh, because they can still benefit from it, but it's the stocks are growing. Uh-huh. Um, so, what that allows them to do, though, is that uh, the, the goal and the heart behind it is, is that between now and then, we take the stewardship level to a whole nother level. Yeah. So the heart behind it is if we have 300 employees yeah. that are retiring wealthy yeah, and they understand the heart behind giving and stewardship of yeah. what God has in, in, uh, enabled them to have and yeah. bless them with, literally it could not only uh, take this company to a whole nother level, yeah. but it could take their families for generational well, uh, and just blessing. the king, dude, just the yeah. kingdom. Like, I mean, you think about you have 300 employees. They're probably not all going to the same, you know, if they're going to the same church. I mean, there's different nonprofits that they can give towards. There's so many different things yep. that they can steward that resource with if they have the right perspective in it, man. I oh, mean, yeah. it is so, just. Yeah. It's massive, man. It's exciting. Dude, that, I'm yeah. I'm excited just talking about yeah. it. Like it. I mean, I remember we talked about it a little bit. And kind of uh explain this a little too so when you're saying stock you're not talking about stock in like the stock market right right it's all it's all company stock okay so basically what happens is as the company is making profit Mm -hmm. so i still run the company i'm still Mm -hmm. the ceo that does that's not going to change but as the company is making profit basically what happens is the stock value increases Okay. Okay. Um, of, so, that, of the company. Of the company. Oh, okay. So okay. as so basically, what we're doing is we take all the profits now and we reinvest them back into the company. The company. Yeah. Into the re, the uh, retirement plan, which an ESOP is a retirement plan. Gotcha. So it's not just like the stock market gotcha. uh, that you can just trade on a regular basis. Yeah. It's, it's a it, it's a long term it's a long term plan. Gotcha. Uh, which is interesting because what's interesting about it is. The ESOP is actually one of the only regulations, laws that were put in place that were actually approved both by all the Democrats and all the Republicans. So (laughs) they both benefit. Yeah. Uh, And so that's that's one of the things that's really cool about it, too. Man, so what what was that like for you as an owner? I mean, I mean, we... When talking before this podcast, we were talking a little bit about identity and stuff like that. So, I mean, it takes a lot of selflessness. You know, it takes a lot. Like, I mean, your name, the your name is on the company. I mean, so what was it like for you going through that process? And and really, to kind of just help um, our listeners to understand a little bit more, uh, you have a home building company called John Houston Custom Homes, but there's it's a family of companies. Right. Um, you have. Uh, can you just give a little more context to that? And then we can talk about, man, what that transition was like. Cause that's huge, dude. Like that's not like a small thing for you to basically say, Hey, I'm trusting in the employees, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, I mean, with, you know, you're giving the profits back to right. the company and the employees. I mean, that's a big thing. Yeah. Instead of, you know, Chad, our CFO, one of the things that he says is he said, guys, he's talking to the, the staff and he said, do you understand you were just given a gift from God. Yeah. 
but you were also given a gift from yeah. John and Tracy and yeah. that you just received a huge gift that you didn't pay for. Wow. Yeah. You know, and when I think about that, I think about, you know, what options do we really have? Yeah. You know, really? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, when I think about identity, yeah. When I accepted Christ, yeah. I didn't pay anything for that. Yeah. He gave it to me. Yeah. I just had to receive it. Yeah. That's literally all they have to do is receive it. Yeah. Now what I had to do when I receive it and I received salvation, it's all about what I do with it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I can hide it under a bushel. Yeah, it's like a seed. Yeah. Or yeah. I can actually let the hope that is within me be seen. Yeah. And then it brings freedom. Okay. Right? Because yeah. the freedom comes from Christ. It becomes from when we talk about identity. Yeah. Identity for me is huge because identity uh it basically affects your behavior. Yeah. And so you're you're what you're asking there's a is a big question that yeah. I actually had to go through a huge process uh to even be ready to answer that call that God <laughs> yeah. gave me when he said, Hey, I want you to sell the employees this company. Yeah. Um, because um, if my identity was in John Houston Custom Homes and God asked me to do that, yeah, how would I do that? Yeah, <laughs> I would be selling myself. Yeah, right. Well, and you—it could also be you built this company, you made the sacrifices for it, you were the one who grew it, you know, and even all the other ones. So there's five other companies in the family of company. Yeah. I know those aren't affected by the ESOP. It's just John yeah. Houston and. Uh, um, and uh, Keystone. Keystone, which is your architecture company. Um, and so just for context, you have yeah, a, for context, there's ta- actually seven companies. Okay. Um, in the John Houston family of companies. So technically where I work yeah. is the family office. Okay. So the family office, our responsibility is to steward all seven of those businesses. Gotcha. So at a high level, it's John Houston, custom homes, Trinity Oaks mortgage, uh, Keystone, Keystone. Uh, architecture, GeoPro Environmental, uh, Harmony Assurance, which is an insurance company, yeah. the warranty insurance yeah. company, Jage uh, Insurance, yeah, Precise Title. Gotcha. Uh, I feel like I'm forgetting one, uh, but you you get the the idea. Of, yeah. And so the idea there is though is that the reason why we even started seven companies yeah. wasn't just because I got up one day and was like, Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> no, it, there was really yeah. an intent behind it. And yeah. the intent was that when we started the home building company 15 years ago in April, um, because God specifically told us, I want you to start a home building company to reach people for Christ and give to the kingdom. Yeah. And that's huge. I wanted to kind of actually yeah. talk about that just a sec is because you didn't, st- a lot of people come to me and they're talking to me about, you know, they want to start a business or they want to do something. You didn't start the company to make money. Exactly. You didn't start the company to, uh, uh, you know, earn profits or like, you know, you started it to reach people for Christ and to give to the kingdom. And you started it because God told you to do it. Yep. Right. Which is very different than than me going off and just doing it just because. So, I mean, yeah. So you can continue with that. Yeah. Well, basically what happened was, is that I had graduated from college, went to work for an investment company Yeah. I worked there seven and a half years, about two and a half years into it. Um, I was just praying and felt like God spoke to me and said, Hey, I want you to start a home building company to reach people for Christ and give to the kingdom. Well, the reason why that was so huge at that moment was because it had just been seven years before that, 
that Trace and I had literally gone through probably the hardest time of our life yeah. where literally we lost everything we had. Um, and when I say that, I'm saying the only thing we had left was our house. Um, and when I'm saying we lost it, I'm talking about financially. I didn't understand why that was happening because even when I was young, yeah, I was successful in business. So I knew how to grow businesses. I knew yeah. how to make money. That was a gift I had. Yeah. Um, the issue was I was using that gift for me. Wow. And for me to benefit. Yeah. So the Lord took me through this process of that. Uh, actually through our, our son, Austin, who's mm -hmm. 22 now, but he was mm -hmm. three at the time. Yeah. And he was standing at the coffee table one day and uh, he was just kind of staring at the table. And I was like, son, what are you thinking about? And he said, oh, I was thinking about King Nebuchadnezzar. And he's three years old. <laughs> yeah. And I said, yeah. what are you thinking about King Nebuchadnezzar? And he said, well, I was thinking about how God made him eat grass and he grew claws like an eagle. And I was like, well, I went to Bible college. And I remember that story. So, but I looked it up. And the first yeah. thing I read in Daniel chapter four, it basically said, and King Nebuchadnezzar thought, he didn't even say it, but he thought, look what I've done. And God yeah. took it all away from him. Wow. And it was at that moment that God showed me that was the issue that I had. God had blessed me with a gift. God had taken care of me. And mm -hmm. I thought it was me that was doing it. Mm -hmm. And so that's why God had allowed everything to be taken away from us, I believe, was because God was trying to get my attention. Yeah. And I was refusing to listen. Yeah. Um, and so through that process, God had to get my heart in the right place. Yeah. Um, or today I can be confident and say we wouldn't be sitting here having this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because I had to go through a process of learning that, you know what, Psalms 24, 1 says the earth and everything in it, including its people, is God's. Yeah. And when you change your viewpoint to understand that, yeah. that nothing I have, not myself, not my relationships, not our money, not the businesses, none of it's mine. Yeah. All it is, all God's asking me to do is steward. I love the definition of stewardship because the definition of stewardship is managing somebody else's estate. Yeah. When you really understand that and you understand Psalms 24, one that says the earth and everything in it, including its people are God's really God. All God is asking me to do is steward what he is giving me. Yeah. The better I steward, the more he can give me to steward. Right. So that is a dramatic shift though, that I wouldn't have been able to do if I wouldn't have gone through that process and of losing everything because I thought it was mine. Wow. So if I thought John Houston Custom Homes was mine, how would I have ever sold it to the employees? Yeah, man. I wouldn't have done that. You know, and so I look at that stuff and I go, man, how crazy is that? But, you know, then I'm, I'm reminded of when we did start the home building company, sold the first house. You know, that was a pretty exciting day, mm -hmm. right? I'd quit my job, had no income. <laughs> I was like, praise God, you know, after yeah, six well, months, I was actually going to get a check. Yeah. And six months. Yeah. So it's half a year. Half yeah. a year. Yeah. I'm praying literally the day that we're closing on the house, you know, and I'm just thanking God and God says, Hey, how's it going? I'm like, it's going good, man. I'm excited. And he says, well, Hey, you know, that house you're fixing clothes today. And I was like, yeah. And he said, well, I'm not telling you have to do this, but I'm asking you if you would, would you give me all the profits from that house since I told you to build this business to reach people for Christ and give to the kingdom? Why don't we let this business be built on me? 
And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh God. I stink. You know? yeah. But I knew yeah. in my heart that's what I wanted to do. So yeah. we did it. Yeah. You know, and then the second house that we built, which was about a few months later mm-hmm. when we got ready to close on it, we got ready to close the day we're closing. I'm praying. And God was like, hey, you know that house that you're fixing to close today? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you know those people that are closing on it? They're, get, they're buying that house because they're getting a divorce and the wife's going to live in that house. But remember I told you that I wanted you to, to build this business to reach people for Christ and give to the kingdom. And the first house you gave to the kingdom, mm-hmm. well, the second house is about the people. Wow. And so I'm asking you to let them out of the contract because their marriage, their family is more important to me than you closing on this house. Gosh, dude. And I was like, oh, stink. How am I going to have, <laughs> how am I going to have that conversation yeah. with this person when I'm in a legal contract with them? Yeah. And, and I need the money. And you need the money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so at that point, um, no kidding. 10 minutes after I got out of my prayer closet, the guy calls me and he's like, Hey, Mr. Houston, how are you? And I was like, I'm doing good. And, uh, he said, Hey, could I talk to you for a second? And I was like, well, can I talk to you first? And, uh, <laughs> and he was like, That's sure. And I said, Hey man, you know, I just gotta be honest with you this morning when I was praying, I felt like the Lord told me that you guys aren't supposed to buy that house because he, your marriage, your family is more important to him than us selling this house. And the guy started crying. Wow. And he said, thank you. And they, we canceled the contract. And it was probably 10 years later, we actually saw him and his wife and their kids at a restaurant. And um, the Lord just reminded me of, man, look, look how my hand works. Mm. You know, he can do whatever he wants. Um, but you know what's crazy about that is, you know, it wasn't until this last year that I actually rec- I put those two pieces together mm-hmm. of what God did on those first two houses because I was so wrapped up in trying to make it. Yeah you know, trying to survive yeah. that I never even thought about that till we're working on a book. We're, yeah. we're writing a book that the Lord told us to write yeah. about our story. And, uh, and it was through writing that book that those pieces came together. And I was like, man, how crazy is that? That's incredible. Oh yeah. I mean, we've known each other for a while. I've never heard just the connection there that one of the houses is for giving. And then one of the houses was for reaching. And you know, that's the, that was the foundation of it. And even just like, just the reality of, dude, I haven't been working for six months. I need, I need money. And you had um, Austin at that time too? Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Well, we actually had had Ashton too. Okay, so you had yep. two kids, had Two man. kids. Ashton was a baby. And um, yeah, so we were working. The yeah. office was tr- our you know, dining room. <laughs> you know, because that's yeah. where we have money for well, an office. And just the obedient factor of, you know, God, you told me to do this. I'm not doing this just to make money. I'm doing this because you told me to reach people and give to the kingdom. And then those two acts were were sacrificial. I mean, legitimately sacrificial to the Lord and going, hey, okay, this is what this is founded on. And, and now it's, you know, it's grown uh, substantially since then. But how, how, yeah, I guess even then when you started the business, it was during a hard period, right? Like it wasn't during a, a great financial period either right well yeah technically so we had put the bit when the lord had spoke to us and told us to do this mm-hmm. we put a business plan together a budget together started praying over it and it was five years before god said go do it oh wow so sometimes god gives us a vision he gives mm-hmm. us an idea 
that he wants us to go do, but he's not saying go do it now. And that's huge. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things I was think I was blessed with was some older wise counsel that said, just because God's telling you to do this doesn't mean he's telling you to do it today. Wow. So you need to pray and ask God to tell you when. Yeah. And so that was five years uh, mm. that we prayed about that and walked that out. So um, that was pretty huge. Well, mm-hmm. So when, when the Lord told us to step out, uh, the housing market really was in a fairly decent cycle, but mm-hmm. it, we knew it was coming to the end of that cycle. Mm. About a year after we were in business is when the market crashed. And um, that's when it, it basically was the worst, literally documented, it's the worst housing market in the history of the U.S., and we, we were in business for a year. And I was like, oh, stink. What the heck did I get myself into? Yeah. It's like, God, uh, you, you timed this poorly. You yeah. Know? And so basically the power of that came, though, is really looking back on it, God couldn't have set us up better. Mm. I mean, the timing was perfect. We didn't have debt. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't take an income out of the business for five years, literally. Um, the only thing we took money out for was to give. Wow. Um, and so it enabled us to grow fast. It enabled us to, um, you know, pick up lots that other builders were walking away from. Wow. And it positioned us really for where we are today, um, which, you know, not that we care, but yeah. to give you a perspective, you know, I think today we're the 82nd largest builder in the U.S. Yeah. And you are hitting how many homes this or projected? How many yeah, homes this year? year we're projected to do about 630. Yeah. Gosh, man, that's. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is God. Like, yeah. and I remember you told me for a certain amount of years, y'all were growing at 100% year over year yep. in, a, yeah. in a way for like The first many. 10 years, I have, I remember the number right, it was about 87% year over year growth. Year over year growth. And that's only through the Lord. You only know. through the Lord. Yeah. And we're talking about in the middle of the worst housing recession in history. Yeah. We were still growing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I, I don't want to paint the wrong picture, though. Like, yeah. God's blessed us incredibly. Yeah. But I will tell you this, probably um, the greatest thing that's happened through this is I know God today in ways I didn't know him before. Wow. You know, so what I can tell you is as God tells you to step out in faith, mm-hmm. he's not saying when you step out in faith, it's going to be easy. Mm. Um, and in a lot of ways to have a business um, that is strictly for God is a lot harder than just driving a business on the bottom line. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I say that is because, you know, I'm reminded of the scripture that says we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities. Mm-hmm. So we're not just, we're not fighting against other builders. We're not fighting against the market. We're literally fighting against the enemy. Um, wow. But when we realize that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that lives within us and he's bef- with us, he's before us, he's behind us. Man, that's a game changer. Man, well, that's a different perspective, too, because you're not talking about like, oh, hey, what's our business strategy uh, against our competitors? Like, you you don't have any competitors. That's exactly you're, right. That's the way we look at it. Yeah, your competitors are, yeah, the enemy. And I remember you told me this. I asked you this question one time. You probably don't remember. I asked you, I said, hey, what's your, like, what's our competitive advantage at Jay Houston? Because, yeah, working there, we, uh, man, I was just privileged to be around you. And you said, oh, uh, God. That's it, man. <laughs> it was, I was like, I was kind of stunned because I was like, really? And you're like, yeah, we just, 
you know, like, I mean, you, you can say it probably better than me, but you just follow whatever God's telling you to yeah, do. We, we have a philosophy that we follow that says we're going to make the best, wisest business decision possible unless God tells us to do something different. Yeah. So, yes, we walk by faith mm-hmm. and we step out in the spirit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what it does is it challenges is if we're stewarding mm-hmm. God's estate, if we're managing his estate, we have to be better at it than our competitors. Yeah. We have to be better at it than those people that uh, we are selling against, mm-hmm. right? But we also have to remember at the same time, God never told us to sell houses. Yeah, or to make money. Or to make money. Yeah. Now, what we know is if we're going to reach people for Christ and give to the kingdom, we have to make money. Mm-hmm. We have to be profitable or we're going to go out of business and we're not going to we're not going to be able to stay in business to reach people. So it's a it's a balance. Those have to stay in balance all the time. Yeah. So we can't get too focused on just reaching people and we're not thinking about being good stewards of the business God mm-hmm. has given us to operate. Mm-hmm. But we can't get so focused on driving and operating the bottom line of the business mm-hmm. and forget about the people. Yeah. So that's a constant a constant battle that we just have to face on a regular basis. When you say give to the kingdom, can you expound on that just a little bit more so that people kind of understand what you're talking about whenever you're saying give to the kingdom? Is that meaning just tithing? Is that meaning like different ventures? Is that meaning nonprofits? I mean, obviously there's a lot to that, but I kind of wanted to just um, dive in a little bit whenever you're saying that so that if someone ever decided, well, just even church planning, business, anything at all, what, what, kind of your perspective is when it comes to that stuff yeah that's a that's a great question um so one of the things tracy and i've always believed in is tithing i mean i believe that's biblical yeah Um, i believe you know you should i I believe you're required to give 10 Mm percent a lot of people disagree with me on this and that's okay um i'm telling you i've lived on the other side of it I don't really want to live there anymore. (laughs) So my philosophy is, is that I honestly believe that if, if you don't tithe, that your money's cursed. Mm. Um, I've seen and experienced God take less Mm -hmm. from our, after we've given our Mm -hmm. tithe and he'll take what we have left and he'll mass multiply it in ways we would have never even thought of. Yeah. And so when I'm saying giving to the kingdom, what I mean by that is um, we believe, you know, wherever you're at, you know, but mm-hmm. we believe that uh, personally we have a certain percentage of our income that we believe God has told us to give in offering and uh, or in tithe and in offering. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we don't, uh, you know, our goal is that if we're, you know, oh, our ultimate goal is to get to 90%. Mm-hmm. I want to be giving 90% of everything we make. Mm-hmm. Um, now, but that's just you guys personally, but you yep. also tithe off the business too. Yeah, we correct? tithe we tithe personally, we tithe, we give offering and tithe off of the businesses. Man. Um, off of all of them. And um uh, and I'll and I'll tell you from experience, you know, our banks don't like it. Our, <laughs> our CPAs don't like it. Yeah. You know, um and we just have this philosophy that says, Hey, if it's not something you can get on board with then you're not the right people for us to work with well and i think it just goes back to the perspective which you constantly are you know just talking about it's like it's not i'm not a business is you're supposed to be profitable you got to be profitable you know but that's not the goal the goal is to uh reach people for christ and give to god's kingdom so if you're not doing that off the front end of with the business then there's you know it's like well it doesn't there's no purpose in even doing it Right. You've already lost your purpose. Wow. That's 
That's yeah. Mass. Which really goes back to what we're talking about today yeah. with identity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it, I think one of the biggest mistakes that, that I made yeah. in my life was my identity had gotten wrapped up in what I do, not who I am. Mm. Yeah. And, and what I mean by that is I had a gift of business. Yeah. And so my value came in how good I ran business and how much money I made. Mm. And so my identity then became in what clothes was I wearing? Mm. What car was I driving? You know, I needed people to affirm me in that. And a lot of times the way I did that was the way that I dressed, the way that I, what car I drove. Um, if people knew I was successful. Mm -hmm. um, and what I learned from that was it was all backwards. Wow. And so Ashton, our daughter, uh, a few years ago, she asked me a question. She was like, Dad, why do you, like, why do you dress like you do? Like, <laughs> and, and what was funny about it is she said, she was probably like 13, and she said, so it's been five years ago, she said, Dad, do we make very much money? And I was like, well, baby, we're blessed. Yeah. And, um, well, and, and to said, give context, I'm going to help our listeners. Like you, you pretty much wear a t-shirt and jeans. Yeah. Into every meeting that you go into. Yeah, everywhere. Like, everywhere that you go into, it doesn't matter who yeah. it is. It's a t-shirt. Yeah. I mean, and I jeans. got invited to the White House one time, <laughs> and my first answer to talk about housing, my first question back to them was, "Do I have to dress up? <laughs> if <laughs> yeah. I do, I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't want to go. Right? Yeah. And, it, yeah. and what's funny, and I did go, and I did yeah. put on a suit, but yeah. it was, you know, a ninety-nine dollar one from the men's <laughs> warehouse because I knew I wouldn't wear it again. So, Just to, that's so you know. funny. Man. But here's what people don't know. Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, even with Ashton, you know, she's thirteen years old, and asked yeah. me, Dad, you know, do we, do you make very much money? You know, and and her context was people were telling her that we did. Yeah we don't care how much money we make because we yeah. know it's not ours. Yeah. Um, but her question was a very good question. Yeah. She said, if we do, why do you dress like you do? <laughs> well, that's, that's a great question. Yeah, yeah. And here's, here's what I can tell you is because I dress the way that I dress because it's a reminder for me mm. of where I came from. Mm. My identity for over half my life was wrapped up in what I drove and what I wore and my image, mm. right? How I performed in business, how I performed financially. And so that was my identity. And what I found out, and so I'm not telling everybody to go buy cheap jeans and a cheap t-shirt. That's <laughs> not what I'm telling you. You gotta be whoever God says you are. Mm -hmm. But for me, I just, I still to this day don't really like dressing up. Now I do it on special occasions mm -hmm. out of respect for people. Mm -hmm. But the reason why I don't is because it makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It, it it reminds me of who I was in the past and mm. I don't like that person mm. um, because that person hurt people. Mm. That person was willing to do whatever it took at anybody else's expense to make money. Mm. And that's not the person that I want to be. Mm. And so when that shift began to happen in me and I realized that, you know what, first and foremost, my behavior's got to change but my identity was so wrapped up in that I didn't really understand what that meant. Mm. And what I really started going through was this process of God changing my heart and going, son, your identity is in, has to be in me. I am your father and you are my son. And until you understand that, you're never gonna be able to love me the way that I love you. 
can I still do that? No, probably not. But what he was saying was, is that if I'm really going to love others as Christ loves me, right? So the, the passage says, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm-hmm. Well, the issue was I was still, I was loving God to the best of my ability, but it was still so wrapped up in what I got out of it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was so much, if, if God really loved me, he's going to provide for me. Yeah. So then when God was allowing everything to be taken away from us, it really made me start questioning God's love for me. Wow. But what happened in return was what I realized was that was actually the best thing for me because my identity was wrapped up in the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And so when I had to become dependent upon God because I had no other choice, it wasn't until then that I actually started to understand what it meant to be a child of God. What it meant was God's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. He died on the cross for me, but he's also the one that created me. Mm. Right. So when I really begin to understand if he created me, who knows me better than I do? He does. He does. Yeah. And so I had to actually start going to him and saying, God, not even what are you calling me to do, but who am I? Yeah, that's good. God search my heart and reveal the truth to me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until then that I realized God was saying, you know what, son, I don't love you because you have a gift of business. I love you because you're my son. That's a big game changer. Yeah, that's huge. And when I really began to understand that, you know, when I really began to understand that when Jesus got baptized, yeah, God actually audibly spoke out loud for all the people to hear, this is my son and whom I love, and I'm pleased. What had Jesus done at that point? He hadn't done 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 anything. anything. He hadn't done any miraculous things, right? Yeah. And that's actually the passage that God used to start really changing my heart. He was like, look, quit worrying about what you're going to do. Yeah. And just fall in love with who you are. Mm -hmm. Fall in love with me. Because Mm -hmm. then, if you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself, Mm -hmm. Why further then, the next thing I had to do was learn to love myself the way God created me, mm. right? I didn't like myself when I was living the other way yeah. because it was a constant internal battle. Yeah. Um, but when I began to change that and I began to come into an alignment with who God said I was and who he created me to be, mm-hmm. man, it just came, brought all this freedom yeah. uh, to my heart, to my soul, my mind, my relationships. Yeah. And I was less worried about what I had and how much money I yeah. made. And I was just going, man, God, I just want to know you more. Yeah. And I think like you were saying, like there had to be that period where God took everything from you so that you could learn this process. And you tell me all the time, you're still learning this. You're still going through this and, um, and, and walking through this process. And it reminds me, like I always, my perspective is that our purpose is to image God, you know, in any other image that we're trying to image, what whatever that looks like, whatever you know, if we're trying to image another clothing brand, another person, then we're not imaging God. And the only way that we can image God, which is Jesus inside of us living out through us, you know? Um, But it also is huge because if had you not started that, then whenever, before you even started the company, like you, you just sold, yeah, you just sold the company to all of your employees. (laughs) Like it would have been, if if it was wrapped up in what you did, there would have been no way you would have been able to do that because you, what would you have done? Who would I be? Yeah. Right? Yeah. If I'm not if I'm not John of John Houston Custom Homes, because yeah. now I don't own it. Yeah. Who am I? 
<laughs> right? And that's yeah. what I really began to understand is that if I get wrapped up in what I do, mm. my identity is in the wrong place. Yeah. My value in life, this is what I really believe. My value is in my identity. Yeah. And it's in my identity as a son of God. Yeah. Not right? as, yeah, that's not a as, yeah. huge game changer. Yeah. Because what I also know is apart from him, I can't yeah. do anything. Yeah. Right. With him, I can accomplish all things. Yeah. Whatever he wants me to accomplish. Yeah. You know, and so I look at that and I go, you know, this year we'll do as a family of companies, we'll do 260 million in revenue. Wow. Um, we'll impact. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head over a million people for Christ through yeah. one hope and through the church and through some other organizations that we work with. Yeah. How crazy is that? Yeah. That's insane. But here's what I know. Yeah. But the reality is that's not me doing any of it. That's yeah. God doing it through us. Yeah. And when I say us, I'm talking about, it takes the whole village. Mm -hmm. It takes me. It takes Tracy. It takes our kids. Mm -hmm. It takes our staff. Mm. We're all in this together. Mm. But if it's all about me, yeah. All of a sudden it's not a team. Yeah. Right? All of a sudden we're not unified mm. in what God is doing, mm -hmm. which is why I love Romans chapter four, the message version, mm -hmm. when it says when Abraham entered into what God was doing for him, yeah. That was the turning point. Yeah. That was the process I fought for so long mm -hmm. that I was doing it my way and I wasn't doing it his way and I wasn't even realizing that what God is doing in our lives as Christ followers, if we allow him to, is he's actually building a God story for us. Mm -hmm. How not crazy just, is yeah, that? Yeah, not just for you, but for, for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So what's nuts is when it says it's a God story, ultimately, first and foremost, it's for him. Yeah. It's to benefit the kingdom. Yeah. But as his children, we enter into that. He's doing it for us because he loves us. Yeah. Like that's nuts, but we fight the process yeah. and we want to do it our way because we want our identity to be in, in whatever it is. You yeah. Know? Well, I, uh, that reminds me of, um, it's the Shema. It's a prayer that the Jewish people say every morning and every night in Deuteronomy. And the first word is listen or hear, O Israel, the Lord is God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, what you were talking about earlier. But I find it interesting that the first word is to listen. And I think that, um, you know, you, you constantly have to, and you, you always tell me this and you've modeled it so well, it's just not what I'm doing. It's not what I want to do. It's not what the world says to do. I got to listen to what God is saying and to enter in to his story, his plan, do what he's telling us to do at the right time in the right season. And when that happens, fruit comes, uh, life comes joy comes, peace comes, hope comes, and you're able to impact and expand his family and expand his kingdom in ways that we never thought possible, you know? But uh, again, it's, it's, it's really, really hard when you're so wrapped up in your identity is in what you do. Because yep. if you, uh, you know, start a home building business in the middle of a recession, <laughs> you're going to get, we're going to fail. Like yep. there's no, that doesn't sound like a good plan. That right. sounds, and I remember you, you can kind of touch on this a little bit when you first had the idea to do the home building business, like weren't there, wasn't there a ton of negativity towards that? And people said that you really couldn't do it and all that. Oh yeah. Almost everybody. Um, in fact, I think it was only Scott, pastor <laughs> Scott, because Scott and I have been really yeah. good friends since he was the youth pastor at the Oaks. Yeah. And, um, and so we had gone to play golf and I said, Hey, this is what I feel like God's telling me. And, um, and Scott was like, Hey man, if that's what God's telling you, go do it. 
Yeah. And almost everybody else said, man, you got two kids at home. You got this. You got that. How are you going to do that? How are you going to pull that off? Yeah. Um, but Tracy and I knew that that's what the Lord was telling us to do. And so we just really felt like, you know, what other option do we have? Yeah. You know, I want to please the Lord above all else. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's a fun journey. Yeah. You know, and I think I, that's it. You know, if there's something I can share with the listeners, you know, it's, man, I love one of my favorite passages is Joshua chapter one. Yeah. And it says, read, basically, I'm, I'm summarizing it in, in redneck terms. <laughs> uh, if you know me, if you knew, if you knew me very well, you'd know I'm kind of a redneck. So, but the reason why I love it is because it, it literally is so simple that mm-hmm. it says, read the word, mm-hmm. study it. Meditate on what it says, listen to God and do what he says. Mm. Then you'll be prosperous, successful in all your ways. And man, I've found that to be so true. Um, and that's honestly how I try to live my life. I just try to, and by here's what I want you to understand too, is I've screwed a lot of stuff up. Mm-hmm. In fact, we have this other philosophy we have in our office that, that I share especially with our executive team is God's blessed us despite ourselves. Yeah. Wow. So I haven't gotten it all right. Let me tell yeah. you that. But here's what I know is, is that when we're doing the best we know how to do, and mm-hmm. every day when we get up, we just try to do what God tells us to do. Here's what I can tell you. God will, he'll be with you. He'll, he'll protect bless you. you. In spite of he'll you. help you. It yeah. doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah. It doesn't mean um, that there's going to be things that we're going to do that aren't going to come with a lot of challenge. Mm. I mean, some of my toughest challenges have been things I know that God told me to do. Yeah. that I've sought wise counsel. They confirmed it was God. And when I stepped out in faith, I come under, I came under the biggest attacks that I've ever had. Mm. But what's crazy about it is at the end of the day, God always showed up and he always showed up faithful. Mm. And, um, and that's powerful. Yeah. You know, but even with the listeners, you know, one thing is, is that don't get wrapped up in the end goal. Yeah. So you when know, you say end goal, what do you mean? What I mean is, uh, I have so many conversations, especially with young adults, mm. um, really even in people in their 30s and 40s, mm. um, about what they want to do. Mm. What they're, Are they called to do this business? Are they called to do that business? Are they going to start their business? Or, or what are they going to do to be successful? Yeah, or to be significant. To be so significant, yeah. you know. And, and what I've found in my personal life is if I just do what God tells me to do today, mm. And I know that sounds like I'm simplifying it, and yeah. I really am. Mm. Um, but if I just seek the Lord, listen to Him, and do what I t- what He tells me to do today, tomorrow will take care of itself. Mm. You know, so I don't have to have that big idea all the time. Mm. And if God gives me one, praise God. Yeah. But if I just do what He tells me to do today, and I steward today well. God's going to give me more tomorrow. Yeah, well, it reminds me of in uh, James where it talks about, hey, don't plan to go to this city yeah. or that and act like you're going to do business because you don't know what your life is like. It's a mist. It's a vapor. So be faithful today. You know, don't That's worry right. about tomorrow, tomorrow. That's in Matthew. You know, don't worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Worry about self. Yep. Each day has enough trouble of its own. But um, going back to kind of what you were talking about in uh, stepping out in faith and, and encountering opposition and encountering... Um, difficulty. I mean, one of the things that um, I know just from being close to you is that people 
once they know that you you know your business is reaching people for Christ and giving to the kingdom, people are like, oh, okay, well, give to me. Yep. You know, and that's a huge uh, burden in a lot of ways. You know, and so I guess just really, if you could uh, expand on how do you deal with that? Because I mean, not everybody's going to like your home. Sometimes, like nope. some pop, some people, they. You know, say you guys are terrible. You, how could you say you're a Christian company? And I mean, you face just so much scrutiny in that. Um, so, you know, kind of touch on on that a little bit, if you could. If you yeah, that's answer. actually one of my favorite ones to talk about too, <laughs> especially to believers. Yeah. And the reason why is because this isn't John Houston's version. This is I'm just telling you what I hear a lot of Christian business people say, including some of our staff. Yeah. Is we do it, but some of the hardest people to do business with are Christians. Wow. Um, when a lot of times when we tell people we're in business to reach people for Christ and give to the kingdom, which we don't use that as a marketing tool, but yeah. people hear it. Yeah. It almost never fails that people ask us, hey, you know, I'm in this financial like uh, trial time and I need a bigger house. Can you sell it to me cheaper? Or, hey, I really want this upgrade would you mind giving it to me? And then we say no. And then they're like, well, I thought y'all were in business to reach people and give to the kingdom. Like I, we, we need help. Well, that's not <laughs> like what God's actually telling us to do. God yeah. is actually telling us to steward what God is, uh, you know, given us. Mm. If I don't steward that well, do you know who gets held accountable for that? Yeah. Me. Yeah. And what I've learned is, and I tell our staff this at the end of the day, if I don't steward well what God has given me, who is he going to replace? Yeah. He's going to replace me. Yeah. Well, I don't want that to happen. Right. <laughs> and so when I say that, you know, what, what happens a lot of times is, is that when you put your faith out there in the open, people are going to challenge you on it, but that's where you got to be confident in what God told you to do. Mm-hmm. Because here's what I know is, and I didn't learn this for years, mm-hmm. but sometimes helping hurts. Mm. Sometimes when we're helping people, we're actually hurting them mm. more than we're helping them. Mm. Uh, there's, I know there's a lot of controversy about that, but mm. I really, I've seen that play out. Mm. There was a time when Tracy and I were younger, we gave to everybody we could. Yeah. And the Lord really started challenging me on that. He was, and basically what he was telling me was, he's saying, I'm not telling you not to help. I'm not telling you to not help people, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you to help the people I tell you to help. Mm. That's good, man. Um, and what I learned from that was, is that there's times where God will put people in our path yeah, and we want to help them. We have the burden for them, yeah. but we don't know what God's plan is. Yeah. God's plan might not be for us to help them. Yeah. If God tells us to, yes, we need to, but it might be that God's not telling me to, he's telling Colby to. Yeah. Well, right. and I think that's huge. Jesus didn't heal. Jesus left the planet and there were still hurting people. Yep. There were still broken people. He didn't heal everybody. I mean, at, in most, most gospels, it says, yeah, he healed everybody that was there in, in a lot of ways. But like in the grand scheme of the world and, and he did a lot of his ministry was to Israel. You know, there was times where he was like, oh, I'm not going to, I don't want to healed and helped the Gentiles, you know, the, right. the only when they had displayed tremendous faith that he actually, you know, healed them. And I'm not necessarily, like you said, I'm not necessarily saying like, oh man, we, we don't need to be sympathetic or empathetic towards the poor and all that kind right. of stuff. I but totally I, th- I, I think that the point is, man, we got to do what God's telling, telling us to do. Yeah. It's his. Yeah. That's the crazy part. 
And, and you know what, what I've also learned even personally is there were, there were multiple times. There's been many times that we've been in business that I was like, God, send an investor. I need some, like, I need help <laughs> like right now. Yeah. And then I would meet somebody and I'm like, Oh, praise God. That's them. <laughs> right. I pitched the idea to him and they're yeah. like, eh, no, it's all right. You know, we'll pass. And I'd like be God, what happened? Well, what happened was God wanted me to show God wanted to show me that he was my source. And so I look back on those times and although I wanted that to happen so bad, what a huge blessing it was that those people listened to the Lord yeah, and they didn't invest in us. Wow. And that ended up being some of the, ble- the best blessings that I've ever had because I had no other option but to go get on my knees and go, oh God, like you, gotta you help have us. to deliver me <laughs> yeah, because like everything's coming down on top of me. Yeah. And, um, and God shows up. Yeah. Um, even talk about, I remember we just speaking on this, just talking on this a little bit when, um, you know, we've talked about whenever people come and ask you, um, for stuff, you know, like you, (laughs) you're basically, you basically like, man, I want to know that you will steward, you know, talk a little bit about that just because I know that that's a huge value in terms of like, man, and people come and they ask and then you say, Hey, can you do this for me? Or can you do that? And they don't do it. You know, they're not prepared. They're not willing to be an actual good steward. So it kind of shows you like, Hey, uh, why would I give you, yeah, if you're not faithful for, with this one thing, you know, how can you, how can I trust you to be faithful with other stuff? I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, long story short is that we, you know, over the years we've had, you know, at church, out in the community, wherever we'll have people, you know, come up and say, Hey, I've got this nonprofit or I've got this idea, Yeah, you know, and I want to do this. And I was wondering if you would give to it. Mm. So my simple answer is always, Hey, you know, you can go to our website. Yeah. You can submit in there. There's, there's a few questions. Basically we want to know, Hey, what's the, what do you feel like God has spoken to you? Yeah. What's the plan to accomplish it? Mm. How much is it going to cost and how are you going to manage it? If yeah. it's on track or not on track. Yeah. And literally, Colby, probably 99% of the people <laughs> actually never even come fill anything out. That's so crazy. And it's, it's, it is crazy, but I call those ideas. Yeah. They're not actually plans. Yeah. Um, and so your plans succeed yeah. with wise counsel, right? It yeah. doesn't say your idea succeeds, yeah. you know? So I think there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of good ideas. Yeah but they don't actually ever do anything with it. Um, and I think that's key. I really yeah. do. I think it's when you have to sit down and actually think about, did God tell me this? Yeah. What does this look like? I'm going to prayerfully consider the plan that I have to put in place to go do this. How much is it going to cost? How am I going to execute it? What when you I- have to really think through that and put a plan together, Yeah. it really makes you have to think through it. And, yeah. um, and, you know, we're open to supporting stuff yeah. like that when people who've really done that. Yeah, but, if but you, what I find is yeah. most people actually have not done that. Yeah, and I think too, it just shows another level of stewardship. You know, yep. it's just showing that hey, listen, you know, we're open to, you know, helping everybody. And I, I mean, even when I was working with you guys, it was like, hey, we really, you really are open to helping anybody. Right. But and there and everybody does come. There's so many people that come and ask you guys in your business. You're not even a church, you know. Right. Like just because of your reputation of, um, 
loving people in so many ways, um, you know, they, uh, they come and they just ask. But what's funny is, again, yeah, it's like, okay, well, what's the, I got to steward what God has given to me. And I know what he's given to us uh, in terms of priority and uh, to give to and to be a part of and different things like that. And, you know, when most people, they just want a handout in, instead of uh, working and understanding that it, it's not, there needs to be an investment, you know, they right. got, there has to be a return. Yep. Like we don't want to just see it just die and go to waste. We want to see, you know, residual fruit from it or long-term investment from it. That's stewardship. That's reproducing. That's, it is. Yep. You know, and that takes a lot, it takes a lot for people to understand. Yeah. You know. And, and I want to make sure, you know, the listeners know, like we're not talking negative about people. Yeah. That's yeah. not the goal here. The yeah. goal is, is just to paint the picture that, yeah. Hey, if you're going to go to somebody and you're going to ask them for help, yeah, pray about it. Have your plan in place where yeah. you know what you're going to do. You know why God's telling mm-hmm. you to do it. You know what outcomes you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Be prepared. Yeah, you know the scripture is very clear, even to us. And I tell our staff this all the time: is that God called us to reach people and give to the kingdom. Yeah, and what that means is we need to be the best in the business. Yeah, that's, that's you know huge. if we're representing, you talked a little bit about it earlier. Yeah, I mean, if we're representing Christ, our King, our yeah. Lord, we we're not going to be perfect because we're not perfect. Yeah, but we need to do everything we can to be as close as we can, you know. And so when we do that, we have to study and show ourselves approved, and we have to be ready. Yeah. Um. And I think sometimes, you know, even in my own life, there's been areas and times in my life that I didn't do that very well. Um. I wanted the achievement. Yeah, I wanted the reward. Yeah, uh, I wanted to be significant in that area. Yeah, but the reality is, I didn't put the time, the effort, the work, the prayer, uh, the stewardship preparation in place uh, for God to bless me with yeah. that. Yeah, and I think too, even from a you know from a giving side, it helps. It helps a person that you know, let's say you're giving a lot, it helps you to have a, a kind of a good frame of mind to know, like, hey, it's okay to. Um, you know, have some standards whenever you're giving to people, you yep. know, um, at least in the way that you guys do, you know. Uh, sure, man, if we, you see a homeless guy on the street, yes, you want to give right. him some cash. I mean, there's it, there's there's levels of that, you know, but I also think it's very wise, and it's, it's, it's just another level of stewardship when you're saying, hey, let's have a plan on both sides. When I'm giving to people, I want to know that there's, you know, investment like there's a plan on that side and when you're coming and you're asking and you're saying hey will you help yeah there needs to be a plan there uh to to move forward with that for sure i when you were talking earlier one of the things that i I wanted to touch on um that was that's that's pretty huge is again just um how you have managed day-to-day to keep make sure that your identity is in christ you know and i think a lot of times people underestimate just um the daily your daily you know a daily prayer life you know it's like hey you know i'll just read my bible or i'll go to church and i can make things you know manage but i mean you told me constantly just the more that god um multiplies and and advances the kingdom through you guys the more you have to like the more time you're spending in prayer (laughs) the more time that you're actually having to spend time in this word the more time that you're having to get life from him it's you know uh in that way. So I don't know if you could uh, talk to that just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, I've known you for, I don't know how (laughs) a long time. Yeah. You know, and I think here's what I know Colby is that at the end of the day, this life 
for God is not about the business that I run. Yeah. It's not about how much money I give to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's not about how many uh, people that I impact. Yeah. It's really about my relationship with Christ, my yeah. intimacy with him and my intimacy with other people. Mm. You know, am I actually impacting those people and letting the light of the, the love of Christ, the hope that is within me mm-hmm. be, be seen, mm-hmm. you know? And I think a lot of times, you know, we get so wrapped up in what we're doing mm. um, and the things we want to accomplish. And I'm talking, this is me saying me personally, yeah. Um, that it's so easy to get distracted with that. Mm. And so for me, what I've learned is, uh, and I've learned this the hard way because I didn't always do it right. Uh, I mean, I, yesterday, <laughs> literally, <laughs> I'm sitting in a meeting with my CFO, COO yeah. of one of our companies, our chief strategy officer, and basically I blew up on them. Yeah. You know, and to define that is I raised my voice at them and I just said basically, hey, like if you want to pull out of that, just pull out of it. You know? <laughs> yeah. But what I quickly knew when I did that, yeah. One, that the love of Christ was not seen in that tone and that yeah. attitude. Yeah. But what I'll also say is what I know about myself my attitude stinks. It really does. <laughs> yeah. If I'm walking in the flesh. Yeah. And what I know was I had about 20 minutes yesterday to pray mm. in the morning because I had to get to the office. Mm. We'd just gotten back from Israel at 11 o'clock the night before I was tired mm. and my flesh was weak. Mm. Um, and so to answer your question, what I found is, is that my fleshly person is not very nice. Yeah. And that that's just me being real. Yeah. You know, that I know, you know, I have a terrible temper. Yeah. You know, when I was when I was young, I mean my parents would say I'd go after people with a baseball bat. I'd just lose my temper all of a sudden. Yeah. And but what's crazy is when I enter into the presence of God, yeah. all that changes. Yeah. And I literally don't even remember the last time I lost my temper. Hmm. Um, but the, that's why it's so critical to me that you know, there's been times in my life I had to get up at four, just after four o'clock in the morning to be able to do the things that I need to do in the morning before I go to work mm. to prepare myself for the day. Mm. Um, and what I mean by that is I'm an auditory learner, so I kind of combine my workouts with listening to the word. Mm. Um, and what I'm also a firm believer in is books are not a supplement for the word of God. Mm. The word of God is alive. Mm. The word of God is truth. Yeah. Not the book you're reading. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying there's not some truth in books if it's based on the scripture, but what I'm saying is if you want life change, yeah, it, it has to be through the word. Yeah. It yeah. has to be through the spirit. Yeah. And so the way my life works is, is that, man, I, I listen to the audio mm. portion of the Bible of wherever I feel like the Lord's telling me to, to study that day. And I, pick out those first few verses that God's really speaking to me. And I go back home after I work out and I, and I study them. Yeah. And then that's when I pray, you know, mm-hmm. and for me, I'll pray and I'll, I'll uh, listen to the Lord. I pray in the spirit, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and then I just listen to what God's telling me and I write it down, you yeah. know? And one of the things that I was taught in Bible college that literally changed my whole life was, is, is the guy said, you know, let me just teach you a simple way to hear the voice of God. And he said, when you're listening, just start writing down what you feel like God is telling you. What's mm. coming to your mind? Mm. Write down everything that comes to your mind. When you can't think of anything else, 
that's probably God stopping. <laughs> and then go line by line. And if it lines up with the Word of God, keep it. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, mark it out because it's probably you. Yeah. And over the years of doing that and recognizing the voice of God, it's literally changed my whole life. Every day, at least six, five to six days a week, um, I try to devote that time in the morning before I do, before I do anything else just to pray and seek the Lord, not because I'm super spiritual, mm. because I know myself mm. and I know my flesh is weak and I know if I'm walking in the flesh, I got an attitude problem. Yeah. Um, and I know I don't love people like I should. Yeah. You know, and that's just me. That's my flesh. Mm. But I know through the spirit I can overcome that. Yeah. Um, but I also know, and you can ask my kids, they'll vouch for me and my wife probably. <laughs> if I literally... If I go more than two days without having that prayer time, yeah, you can see it in my attitude, yeah, and it begins to show up, um, and I don't like that person, yeah. Um, so I love the intimacy part with God in my prayer closet, mm. but I'm just like you. Mm. There's days you get up to go pray and you mm. don't want to, mm. right? Yeah, absolutely. But when and I was like when I was like eight years old, there was a guy that lived across the street from my grandma that was a marathon. He ran marathons professionally. That's what he did for a living. Wow. And I remember him standing out there one day getting ready. He was stretching and his daughter, I'd play with her a lot. And, uh, um, and so we were outside playing and he was getting ready to run. And he said, uh, he said, let me teach you guys something. He wasn't even a believer. And he said, let me teach you guys something that, that you need to try to remember. As he said, you know, like yesterday, he said, I came out here, I stretched, and I really didn't want to run at all. And he said, I ran like three miles. And he said, so today I came out, I really still don't want to run, but I've got to run, and I've got to run a long ways. And he said, because I can't, those three miles a day, if I do that over multiple days, it's not going to sustain me in a marathon. And he said, so what I'm teaching you is, is there's going to be a day that you get up and you don't feel like running. So I use that in my prayer life. There's days I get up and I don't feel like praying. And that's okay. That's real life. But those can't be consecutive days in a row. Yeah. Right? Because that will start affecting me at that point. Mm. And so sometimes I just literally go in my prayer closet. I'm like, God, I'm just being real with you. I do <laughs> not feel like praying. You're going to have to pour your spirit out upon me because I'm coming in here and I'm telling you, I have an attitude problem and I need you to help me with it. Yeah. Will you please help me? Yeah. And I just cry out to him and say, God, you're going to have to help me. But what I also have to recognize is, is that if I'm doing that day after day, I got some other issues going on mm. and I need to just seek him and ask him, what are they? Yeah. Um, and so I don't know if that's answering your, yeah. your question, well, but I it's, think it's, 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 it's just real. And what I know is, is that when I do that and I get that fresh word from God, even if all that word is for today is son, I love you. Yeah. That's a game changer. Yeah. No, it is. I love the analogy of the marathon. That's such a powerful story, especially when you're talking about Paul, um, you know, just running the race faithfully, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't want to do this today. I don't want to do this. And again, I think it's just the concept of, um, man, you, you can't feel your way into action. You have to act your way into feeling. Um, but also I know just, you personally like you aren't doing this again like you said earlier to get something from god or to do something or accomplish something or be significant 
you are significant because you know you're a son of God. That's it. And the biggest treasure in your life is Jesus. It's n- like all the money, all the things that God is doing through you guys and and the businesses that you have, like none of that matters. And you tell me that all the time. You're like, if God told me to, he's <laughs> you say, sometimes I'm tempted to just sell all the business, you know, just because yeah. I don't have to deal with it anymore. It's easier to just get rid of everything and just be alone with God because that's all that I want. Yeah. I don't really you know, want all of this, you know, I'm privileged to do it, but there are days that I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to deal with all the pressure and the stuff that comes with all that, you know? Yeah. I mean, the reality is there was a day that I actually came home. It's been, you know, 10 years ago, probably. I can't remember. We were doing about uh, 200 houses a year Mm -hmm. and I was just worn out. I mean, I was tired. I was frustrated. And I told Tracy, I was like, man, I'm done with this. I'm going to do a hundred houses a year, make X number of dollars. I'll have three employees and we're just going to go do whatever we want and praise God for praying loving Your wives who know, looked at man. me and started laughing and I was <laughs> like what are you laughing about there's nothing funny about that <laughs> yeah. and she said John it is funny because you and me both know that's not what God called you to do yeah and you would be by the next day you would be like what did I just do yeah, and, and you would be sad because you would know you're not reaching your full potential in Christ, and it, it, you would be miserable from that. Mm. And um, I've thought about that many times, you know, because you're right, and you know it 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 never really hit me till I really understood what the verse means when it says to whom much is given, much is required. Mm. Um, is that what I've learned is a lot of times people want to achieve, and I'm not even saying we're like anything. Yeah, I mean, God has blessed us, but I'm not saying we're like yeah. I know what you're saying. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is the more responsibility I get, what actually happens is I lose more and more freedom. Mm. Right? Yeah. Because the reality is if I have X number of staff that I'm trying to reach for Christ and let them see the love of Christ in me, all of a sudden the freedoms that I've had, I no longer have. Mm. I don't have the freedom if I want to go have a beer to have one. Why? I know I have alcoholics that mm. work for me. Mm. What if they saw me doing that? Mm. Then they think it's okay, mm. right? I know for me personally, I'm not saying this is for everybody. Yeah. For me personally, I don't have the freedom to go to that rated R movie that I really want to go to, that I really want to go to. Mm-hmm. Why? Because what if it has nudity in it and I know mm. that somebody I'm pouring into mm-hmm. has a problem with pornography? What if mm. they see me mm. in that movie? Yeah, it makes them trip. Or going to it and it makes them trip. Yeah. You know, I don't have the freedom that if I want to just go buy something mm. because I can Yeah. to do that. Because what if God was telling me to give that money? Mm. Yeah. How many people did that just impact? And yeah. I'm not saying all that stuff in a negative way. Yeah. For me, it 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 is less freedom, but it's so freeing, if that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> so it's, it's less freedom yeah. to go do what I want to do. Yeah. Right, I can't always go do what I want to do, but man, there's so much blessing on the other side because we get God blesses us in so many other ways. Yeah. You know. Um, well, and He knows the desires of your heart. I think a lot of times we, you know, everyone's fighting for freedoms. You know, they they want to be able to do things, and yeah, we you, you know, there's there's always debates about certain things, alcohol, all that kind of yep, stuff, you is. know. And I know from on your standard, that's not something that you yeah. want to do. And, and all I'm not that judgmental kind of on it, though. Yeah, either. yeah. But I also there's there's the the point is, and if you're always fighting for 
your free, not for your freedoms, but if you're always fighting to it, walk the line when it comes to Christianity, you're actually going to be, you're going to have a lot more difficulty living out the call of God than you would if you just say, hey, I'm going to live at the highest standard the Holy Spirit's telling me to live at and to do everything that I know how to do, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy that you're saying that with less free freedoms, it's more freeing. Yeah. Well, I mean, really the verse, it's first Corinthians 10, 23 and 24. Austin reminds me of this verse a lot. And I love that. I love it. And it says, uh, I have the right to do anything mm. you say, but not everything is beneficial. Mm. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Mm. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Mm. You know, and I love that. And it's a, it's a reminder for me, you know, in that, um, at the end of the day, my identity has got to be in Christ. I've got to want him more than I want anything, anything else. else. Yeah. Um, and it's a process, you know, I think that's what, um, to, to the listeners here mm. or the next generation, I would encourage you on, don't put so much burden on yourself to try to achieve everything right now. Mm. I think sometimes we get, and I'm talking spiritually, I'm talking financially, I'm talking about in business, enjoy the life you have today. And when I say enjoy it, I'm not saying waste it. There's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes in our world today, yeah. we think enjoy it means I get to go do whatever I want. Wow, that's no, huge, what I'm man. saying is enjoy it in the way of where does God have you today? Mm. Bask in that. Enjoy mm. where he has you because what I can tell you from experience is sometimes those challenging stages, some of those stages when you don't know exactly what you're supposed to do, you don't know what your your calling is, Sometimes those are the best places to be if that's where God has you right now, mm. because it's a, you will know God in a way yeah. if you seek him and enter into what he's doing, you'll know God in a way that a lot of people never will. Yeah. And it's through that process that all of a sudden we look up and we go, man, why was I so worried about that? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I tell Austin and Ashton and other people, I'm 48 years old today and I go, I don't even know what I'm going to do when I grow up <laughs> for real. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what tomorrow holds. God hasn't promised me anything. Yeah. He didn't tell me I was going to do these businesses forever. Mm. But if my identity was wrapped up in what I do, mm. I wouldn't have the freedom to go do whatever he tells me tomorrow. Yeah. Because I feel like I have to yeah. be so tied to these businesses that I'm controlling it. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. I, and I love that freedom. Yeah. Uh, and I and I understand too that you know we're all at different stages in this journey. Mm. I'm just saying, own the journey, own the stage that you're in, yeah. and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and celebrate God for bringing you to it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, but also want to encourage you and go. It's okay if you don't know the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Just seek the Lord, praise Him, thank Him for where He has you today, um, and make sure you're maximizing that opportunity. That's you have the control of today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, um, man, it's been great talking with you and man, I'm just so thankful for man, all that you've done for me and investing in me and challenging me and helping me to grow and just talking about this subject. We've talked about it a lot and yep. I'm just privileged that we can talk about it and share it with other people. And, um, man, I'm just looking forward to all that God is continuing to do. You got, yeah, the book release is coming up pretty soon, yep. which I'm excited about. That's going to be awesome to see that. And 
uh, uh, see, um, man, what God does through that. But we really appreciate you being on the podcast, sharing with you. And, man, we look forward to having you again. And, uh, man, we'll be praying for you guys. And uh, we love you. Hey, we're thanks we're to grateful. You. We appreciate you guys, too. Uh, blessed and honored to serve the Lord with you. Yeah. Love you guys. All right, man. Talk to you later.